the fear of God, part four. Are you ready, church? Come on, are you ready? Come on, here we go. What an exciting series this has been, um, the fear of God. Actually, we stretched it out one more week because it it's been so much fun and so good to dive into. And uh, we stretched it out one more, and I believe we have something great for you today, talking about the fear of God and how we can apply it to our lives. Um, actually, it's been, I think, six weeks ago now, six or seven weeks ago, um, my wife, she took her rings um, her, her engagement ring, wedding ring, anniversary ring, all the ring rings, and, um, and she took him to the jeweler to get cleaned and make sure that the diamond was set properly and, you know, didn't want to lose it. It was a little loose. You know how you ladies like to, you know, make sure everything's right there. And so she took it in there, and uh, it took a lot longer than what she thought it would be. As a matter of fact, it took a couple of weeks, and she kept saying, something's missing. Like, I feel like something's missing. Y'all can relate to that, like you have like a watch or you have something that you always wear, like something's missing. And she just said, I can't wait to get it back. I can't wait to get it back. And then um, finally, uh, one day she got the phone call and it was, they said, hey, it's done. I mean, she didn't waste any time. She was at work. She said, I'm stopping there on the way home. She said, I'm going right now. So she went right there. She picked it up. And when she got home, just her whole countenance was different. Her whole countenance, she goes, it's back where it belongs. You know, she goes, I, she goes it looks good. And she, she, just, she kept making sure it was there all day long, all day long. You know, and, 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 and something was missing from her. And it wasn't right until it was replaced. I think of that, and I think about the fear of God right now. In Jesus' church, the big C church, the universal, the bigger picture, something's missing in Jesus' church. I believe that the fear of God's missing. And until we get it back to where it belongs, okay, something's going to continue to not feel right. And I believe in a lot of our lives, the fear of God is that. But many of us think about the fear of God, and we think of the dread terror of displeasing God. But really, there's two aspects of the fear of God I want to make sure that we catch, and we've been bringing this up a lot through this time. And one of it is, is it, that it's God's delight. God's delight is the fear of God. And, God and, and it's a treasure. The fear of God is a treasure, right? So it's a delight. And a treasure, which we don't normally associate with the fear of God. Those are two words that we don't. But like, I want to tell you that when I gave Natalie those rings, and, and all three of those rings I was significant in giving, it was motivated by love. It was a delight for me to do that. It wasn't a chore. It wasn't like, oh gosh, I got to do something. But when she put those on, they marked her that she's different from the world. As a matter of fact, it marked that every, to every other man on the planet, she's off limits. Come on, I, I thought I'd get a louder amen right there. Come on, come on. And when I wear my ring, it's I'm off limits to every other woman on the planet. Okay, there are a couple more. There we go. Thank you there, yeah. Yeah, no, see, see we're mo it's motivated by love, but we're marked with the fear. We're marked with this deep, we're marked by something. But it's a delight and a treasure. Now, what if I would have went to Natalie on our wedding day and, uh, at the North Bride campus? That's where we got, we got married 34 years ago and uh, two weeks from now. And, uh, and, 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 and I would have said, you know what? I, I promise to love you, cherish you. I uh, serve you, I commit myself to you, but 10 days a year, I get to do whatever I want. 
How many of y'all would know that's not quite a good deal? Come on. How many of you know? Well, what if I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pastor. I said, I meant really seven days a year. Seven days a year. I get to do whatever I want, however I want. Don't listen to God. Don't listen to anybody else. And you can't ask me about it. How many of y'all think that would be a good deal? Well, what if I said, okay, okay. You're pushing it now. How about three days? Is three days okay? How about if I just say, okay, just one. I just want one. How many of y'all are okay with that? How many, and that's not good either. Because when you're committed, you need to be committed all the time and be all in. Am I, are you with me there? But see, many of us, we, we don't treat the fear of God that way. We don't treat kind of obedience that way from a heart of devotion. We leave ourselves ways out. And when we're committed to God with the fear of God, uh, listen, it's 24-7. We are all in. Come on. The, the holy fear of God draws us in. Let's go here, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. If you have not heard any of the messages in the previous three weeks, please go back and listen to them. Please get this in your heart because I believe something's missing in Jesus' church. The problem isn't Hollywood. It's not with celebrities. It's not with secular music. The problem is in Jesus' church, something is missing. And I believe it's not, I don't want to say it's the only thing, but I believe it's a significant thing. Is that a good tension? Can I, is that okay? That's significant. And we got to go back to this. So Ecclesiastes 12, here's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and, everybody say and. Circle that in your notes, highlight it, do whatever it is, and, 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 obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Last week, Pastor Eric did a great job communicating, living a life that knows we're going to stand before God. Many people ask me when I travel, one of the most popular questions I get from younger people, especially young men in the ministry, they say, Pastor Rick, how have you gone 34 years married? How have you been in the ministry as many years as you had? How did you do it? And I sum it all up as knowing I'm going to give an account before, to God keeps me on the, uh, uh, on the narrow path. I wish I had more things to say. It's the fear of God. It's the, it's, I'm going to live for him. So here's the definition for the fear of God we've been using here. It's the awe. It's reverence. It's, um, listen, I don't ever want to lose the awe of God. Whenever you lose the awe of God, we've got to go back and find it. Oh, we've got to go back and say, where did I lose it? Where, where, did, I, where did I drop that at? I've got to find it here. It's to hallow him. Didn't Jesus teach us to pray, hallow it be thy name. Reverence to him. Oh, yeah, to take on God's heart, and it's living in obedience to God's word, his commands. Wow. So here's the big idea. Here's the big idea. Those who fear God, those who fear God will obey his word. Those who fear God will obey his word. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it immediately, completely, and joyfully. Let's say those three words out loud together. Here we go. We're going to fear God and obey his word immediately, completely, and joyfully. Yeah, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. That's how I'm going to treat God's word here. Now, we are on a journey. We're on a journey walking on, on, a, on a narrow path. But there's one road that we're on, but there's two ditches. One road, two ditches. That's what it is. So, so here's the sign. We're walking along. We're, we're going along our way with God. We're serving him. We're on this road. But unfortunately, there's a, there's a ditch on either side of the road. On one side of the road, there's a ditch called legalism. 
That means it's all about me. It's about my goodness. I can produce it. It's all about me getting everything in order. It's about my holiness. It's about me staying away from certain things. It's about religion and rules and regulations. But in the other ditch, on the other side of the, the road, is lawlessness. Or maybe I, you can use the word, many people use this terminology, hyper grace or hyper love. It's just all about the love of God. It's God loves you. He forgives you. It's okay. No problem. You do whatever you want to do. And what I've, what, I've, what I've seen a lot when, I, when, when I've been thinking about this is there's people in the legalism ditch. And they're, they're in the legalism ditch, like, it's all about the rules, and if you don't obey the rules, and you've got to obey the rules, and if you don't get this right, come on, God's going to smite you. And they're yelling at the lawless people. Hey, you're in a ditch. You're in a ditch over there. You need to stop treating God's grace so frivolously. And it's not all about God's love. It's about his word. You better get out of the ditch. And then the people in the lawless ditch, which is all about God's love and God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life and you don't need to do anything. God's just going to love you just the way you are, however you are, and you, there's no such thing as sin. And they're, they're yelling at the people in the, in the legalism. Hey, it's not all about the rules. You know, it's, it, it's about God's love and it's about his mercy and you're, you, you got it all wrong. Holiness isn't what you do. And what we have is we have people, they're yelling from each ditch, but they don't realize they're in a ditch. So what we, what we need to keep us on the road is we need God's love to keep us out of legalism, but we need the fear of God to keep us out of lawlessness. And there's a tension that we live in between like legalism and lawlessness that we want to stay on the road. So yes, we need the love of God, but we also need the Fear of God to keep us in for just, it's all about whatever I want, however I want it. That doesn't matter anything. I can just do whatever I feel. Am I in the right place today? See, I want you to feel the tension because it's easy to say, man, this church is getting hard and it's getting difficult and it's getting, man, they're just so hard. No, 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 no. It's all about love and fear. It's about both. We need both of those in our life. We need to be motivated by love but marked by his fear. I'm marked. I have been marked by God. That's what I want to do. So here it is. Let's, let's talk about just the word of God. Isaiah 66. Isaiah chapter 66. I will bless those. How many of y'all would like to be blessed by God? Am I in the right? Yeah, come on. I want to be blessed. Yeah. I will bless those who have a humble and contrite heart. Oh my goodness. I've been meditating on this verse so, so much. I would love to just camp out there. Let me just say this. God is attracted to humility and contrition. There's something about humility, a humble and contrite heart, God is attracted to. I'll just leave that one there. I want to get to the trembling of his word here. And, and, and who tremble at my word. Yeah. Now, when you think of the word of God, not many of us think about trembling. But this is what it really means. Dread. It means dread, awe, fear. But catch this part. This is a good one here. And, and this, is, this is the Hebrew definition. It's to be startled by a sudden alarm. It's make to shake. It's like, let me tremble. Like, have you ever like, been in a deep sleep and your alarm goes off and it startles you? Or there's an alarm that just goes off in general? Like, it's just like, that's what the word of God does. When we encounter his word, it's, it's a wake-up call. 
That's why we meet the first day of every, every week. The first day of the week, we get together like this, we read God's Word, and we get ourselves a wake-up call. How many of y'all needed a wake-up call? I'm thankful for it. The Word of God, I need it all the time. Matter of fact, I can't wait week to week. I got to get it every day. Every day. Matter of fact, in the hearts of devotion, in the women who attend tonight, they're going to get journals. And they're going to have a way to study and read the Word. And they're, going to, they're going to have a, a fresh way to do it. And one of the things, how about we say, every day we open up our Bible to read or we're listening to it, we say, God, wake me up. God, let me tremble with this. God, wake me up today. Because I need woken, I need a woken up. I didn't say you need to be woke. I said you need to be woken up. Come on, somebody. Make sure you quote me right here, just for the record. Yeah. But we need to be, we need to be, be awakened by the word of the Lord today. I need the alarm clock. I need it to startle me. And the word of God is startled. Have you ever read something? It's like, he wants me to what? That, that comes to me all the time. Like, you want me to what? You want. I mean, this would, this would be a good verse for Natalie, my wife. She needs to be, she needs this. Now, I know guys in my group on Wednesday nights that we meet, 6.30, they need this. Yeah, that church needs this. Those people need this. Those people down the street, no, no, no. How about wake us up? See, that's what's missing. And like, we need to be woken up, church. And there should be a trembling at God's word, a reverence to God's word. Listen, I, I go to some churches and this happens, um, it's happened across in, in other countries, but it's happened right here. It's actually happened in Pennsylvania in some churches I've, I've preached in before. I, one church, I didn't know what was going to happen. I said, okay, we're going to read the Bible. And I, as I started reading the Bible, everybody stood up. At first, it startled, that startled me. Because I went, are they all leaving? Did they get upset? What are they doing? And what it was is there's, there's churches and denominations that when you read the word, everybody out of reverence stands. I mean, they just stand. And then when you're done reading the word, they go, oh, it's Pastor Rick again. And then they sit down. Yeah, that's like, and that's okay. See, but do we have that kind of reverence for God? Do we have that kind of reverence for his word? I tremble at his word. Philippians 2, uh, verse 12, the apostle Paul, he's communicating, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as only in my presence. And that word obeyed means that you have submitted to my authority. You have submitted to what's going on here. When you read that Greek word, it expands so big. You've, you've, you've listened to apostle Paul's words and you've listened and submitted yourself completely to them unconditionally submitted to. Wow. Yeah, and he says, work out your salvation with fear and, fear and trembling. Yeah, that's that dread tear. There should be, there should be, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yeah, that's the word of God. That's what we encounter. That's, what we, that's who we are. We're motivated by these things. There's over 500 commands in the New Testament alone. 500, over 500 commands. Not suggestions. Not if you get around to it. I mean, I think when God, as a, he's a father. He, this is what he expects. Are you with me? Yeah. It's a joy. It's a fun. It's I can't wait to. I want to tremble at God's word. I love it. Like, let's get into it. Let's dig into it. So here we go. Those who fear God will obey his word immediately. 
Let's just talk about immediately. Here we go. Luke 9, Jesus tells somebody, he says to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, but he said first, let me. First, let me. Then he goes on down further, and he talks to another man, and this guy says, he says, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to serve too. I'm going to follow. But he said, first, let me. There's two first let me's with two, the first two people he's talking about here. They, Jesus was really clear. Come follow me. Come do this. And he's like, ah, first let me. First let me. Uh, mm, I got to do some things first. I'm going to get around to that giving thing, but first let me get enough money. First, let me get everything perfect in order. I'm going to get around to serving, but I need to finish this, or I need to finish. I'm going to serve here. I'm going to serve there, but uh, first, let me. First, let me do this. I'm going to go to a group. I'm going to get into a group, but first, let me. See, what's your first response? Now, this is like somebody who your alarm goes off. How many of you, like, you ever hit snooze? There was a lot of people in the first, yeah which was shocking. I thought that'd all be in the second. Come on. I thought, I thought yeah, uh, that's kind of how I figured it in my head. I thought, I thought everybody in the first was going, nope, I get up as soon as the alarm goes off. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of what I thought. But, but what happens sometimes, we hear the word of God, right? And we say, no, first let me, we hit the snooze. I need seven more minutes. You don't understand, God. I got to go bury my, my father. I need my inheritance. You don't understand. I got to go take care of this. You don't understand. I got to go do this. I got to take care of my family. I got to take care we make all these excuses. That's the snooze alarm. That's the alarm went off, but first let me. How about two examples? Let me give you two examples in the Bible. The first one's Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham, he believed God for a son. So for decades, he's praying. God gives him a son. And it's an interesting story. You'll have to go back and read it. Genesis 20, 21, 22, right in there. And so God gives him a son. So how many of you know that's great? I finally got a son. He's 100 plus years old at this point. So excited. And, uh, and so God says, sacrifice your son to me. And it's interesting, verse 3 right here, verse 3, it says, the next morning. The next morning, he went to do it. He didn't prolong it. He didn't put it off. He didn't procrastinate. The next morning. Yeah, the next morning. Yeah, and later on in verse 12, it says that his obedience, because he went to do that, and God, God spared the son, just for the spoiler alert on that story there. But what God said was, is for now I know that you truly fear God. Now, because you obeyed, I know you fear God. Isn't that a good, wouldn't that be a good accusation against, I know you fear God. I know you fear God. Immediately, there's a reverence, there's, a, there's an I must uh, David, uh, David, a man after God's own heart. I'm just giving you illustrations here. Um, Psalm 119, verse 60. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Wouldn't that be a good epitaph, epitaph on, your, on, on, your, uh, on your tombstone? I, I hurry to obey God's commands. I hurry. That means eager, excitement, enjoyment, make haste. I'm going to go. I can't wait to obey. I can't wait to serve. You mean I get to what? I've been waiting all week to die to myself. Wow. I get to put my spouse first. Yes. I'm going to hurry up and do this. 
No, like, yeah, or, or, or at work. You mean I get to tell people at work about Jesus, even people who don't like Jesus? Yeah, I can't wait till Monday. I can't wait to be a light. I can't wait to do this. I'm going to hurry up and do it. I tremble at his word. I'm going to be first. Pastor Eric, yeah, you're the campus pastor. He says, hey, we need some people to serve here. We need, we need a project to do. And I could just see everybody running, like knocking chairs over, running up to him after. Places in disarray saying, what, what can I do to serve? How can I be inconvenienced? Please, Pastor Eric, if you don't inconvenience me, I'm going to find another campus. I'm going to hurry. I'm going to make haste. I'm going to do it. Why? Because it belongs to God. I have a fear of God. I tremble at his word. There's an immediacy to this. Are, are you grabbing that? See, even if it doesn't make sense, we still do it. See, it's easy to obey God on payday. Have you ever noticed everybody's happy on payday? On payday, everybody's talking about where are we going to eat for lunch today? Ten days later, everybody's saying, is there anything free today at, lunch, at your workplace? That's what they say. Is your workplace, come on. Yeah, see, everybody's happy. It's easy when things are going e like easy for you, but what, what, when you're challenged and it doesn't make sense? When it doesn't make sense, are you still able to obey hurriedly? See, do we tremble and hurry at, 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 in, in, at the word of God and the presence of God? When I, I this, this has been really the only church I've ever been a part of. And when I was a young believer, the, my predecessor, um, Pastor John Diana, he, every now and then, you know, people wouldn't respect God's word. They would be talking or there would be commotion in the back. People actually would stand in the back hallway during praise and worship. And word. This is how I grew up in the faith. Pastor John would go back. And I rem I'll never forget. He was all Italian and he had these big eyes. Like he had these big eyes. Like a, and his, his inner Italian came out. And he would be like, Jesus is being worshipped in the sanctuary. Like, we have to go worship. We're not, we're not reverencing his presence. I'd never forget. It only took one time like that. And you either got offended and you left the church or you said, wow, this place honors God's presence. There's only two things to do. Get offended and go find somewhere they don't revere God's presence or get in the auditorium and worship Jesus. There's only two. But he would do that with the word of God. Whenever somebody preached, and this is how I learned it. If there was ever commotion in, in, in commotion, people talking, that's why in the back hallway, the ushers don't talk. They'll stop people and say, I'm sorry, the word of God's being preached right now. Now that may offend, that, that, that offends people. People tell me all the time, that offends me. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not worried about offending you. I'm worried about offending God. Do we stop and is there immediacy to the word of God? Church, could this be what's missing? Like, I want to value and honor God in his word. Are you with me today? See, this is, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to say, let's kick it up a notch and let's be motivated by love and marked by fear and let's not only do it immediately, but completely. Let's do it completely. Let's honor him completely. Honoring him all the time here. Um, you know, in, 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 in the American church, we're, we're ruled and we're, we're, we're ruled by, by making it easy in benefits. We really are. Like if I said, hey, we're going to have a conference and it's all going to be about obedience and repentance. How early would you show up? 
Would there be a line outside, down around the side, saying, oh, I, I, I need this? Would, or, or if we had a conference, God wants to bless you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life, and he wants to make your life easier. Would that be in, I, I want in that line. How many of y'all would like that line more than the obedience and repentance, right? I did a quick glance this week on popular books, top 10 books being sold, even in Christian, in the Christian world, because I'm talking to Christians right now, okay? And you can't find obedience in any of the titles. I'm not saying any, that would be wrong. You just don't find it a lot. You don't find it in the top 10 because we don't value it. We value my rights. We value what I can do. We value my opinion. We value is there benefit for me. We value if there's sacrifice to me. Am I right or wrong? Am I the only one like this? I'm serious. I read the word all the time about marriage, and I think Natalie should get it together. Am I the only one that does that? I mean, not with Natalie, with your spouse. Come on, don't do that. She's home praying and preparing for tonight. Am I right? But we do that about other people. If my people at work would do this. The Apostle Paul, even though there was suffering, in Acts 20, I'm just giving you examples in the Bible. And, and, and the Apostle Paul, he knows the end of his time's coming. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he makes these statements. He says, listen, I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, and I don't even know what awaits me, except the Holy Spirit tells me, city after city, jail and suffering lie behind me, lie ahead of me, lie ahead of me. Come on, how many of you, if he said, how many of y'all want to go with me? Come on, it's going to be great. We're going to obey completely. Yeah, not a lot of people would want that. But he says, my life means nothing unless I, fin- unless I use it to finish the assignment. I have an assignment. Your life has an assignment. Bridge City Church has an assignment. That's what we're celebrating. This isn't, this isn't only, and I'm not demeaning this, this isn't only Pastor Eric's celebration. This is our church celebration because the mission and vision is going forward. And when the mission and vision of Jesus' church goes forward and more and more people meet him and, and serve him and, 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 and submit to him, how many of you know that honors God? That's what I'm into. I want to honor him. And so even if there's pain and suffering and we don't understand it and there's no benefit, I'm still in. Count me in. Yeah, because God has my best in mind. Hebrews 5, 7, Jesus suffering, crying out to God with tears. Yeah, tears. Jesus cried out to his Father with tears. And at one point, and and Pastor Eric read this during communion today, drops of blood with suffering. Drops of blood. But why did he do that? Why did God hear him? Reverence to the Father. So 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 1 says we need to arm ourselves with the same attitude that's in Jesus. Jesus reverenced God the Father, and that's why he was heard. So how much more should we arm ourselves with that? Rather than arm ourselves with, I'm right. Arm ourselves with, I have a right. I have a need. I can do this. My son um, was here the, the first... Uh, the first worship time, he's visiting from uh, out of town, and he was here. And we, we were just chatting before he left in the back, and, and he, said, he said something about, like, well, I feel that, and I, I, my feelings, he was joking. He said, my feelings are hurt. And I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and he goes, and I know you really, my dad does not care about my feelings. And I says, that's kind of true. And he laughed. He knew right away what I was saying. I said, 
I said, son, I just care that you're going to do what Jesus wants you to do. I mean, at the end of the day, my feelings don't matter. What I need is, is I got to like submit my heart to Jesus and allow him to change my heart. Right? And, 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 and that's what I need. I got to submit myself to that and there's a blessing. So I do it immediately and I do it completely and I have Jesus' words in Luke chapter 17 here. So you also, when you have done all that is commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what is our duty. Listen, no matter if it's causing my finances, my marriage, my work, my family, decisions I make, the calendar I keep, I'm going to do it with the fear of God. This affects every aspect of my life. I'm going to do it immediately. I'm going to hurry. I'm going to do it completely. I'm going to say, God, have I finished the assignment you give me? Am I, am I on assignment? Am I getting wrapped up in myself? Am I getting wrapped up in my own? And, and, and that, that's what it's all about. Do we have a church that still trembles at the word of God? Are we going to continue to be a people that tremble? Tremble. Shake. God, let me be in line with you. Now we get to the fun part. Joyfully. Joyfully. We're going to do it immediately, completely, but now we get to do it joyfully. I get to do it joyfully. Yeah, Psalm. Uh, I'm going to read this whole Psalm to you. 128. How joyful are those who fear the Lord? You can tell somebody who fears the Lord because they're joyful. Yeah, they're joyful. There's the joy of God on them. There's the presence of God on them. They see God working, right? They see God doing it. How many of you have kids? How many of y'all have kids? Don't you want them to obey immediately, completely, and joyfully? Right? See, God's a God in heaven. He's not just expecting us to obey. He's expecting us to do it joyfully. Because after all, why be miserable when you can be joyful? Right? As a matter of fact, a sign of maturity in Christ is when you embrace his word and you would do what he asked you to do according to his word, not according to your preference or feelings or because you think you're right or because you have a right. No, we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to do it joyfully as those who fear God. I'm going to honor God. That's what I'm going to do. All who follow his ways. Oh, man, you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How many of y'all have a job? How many of y'all have a job? How many of y'all would like to enjoy the fruit of your labor? How many of y'all? Fear God. Fear God. Serve your job. Serve your boss, not with eye service, but serve him from your heart as you serve God. Yeah. It, there's promises. Promises of God on the fear of God. Yeah. And, 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 how, and you're going to be prosperous. Even financially. I don't understand it all the time, but I'm just going to give. I'm going to watch God, watch God do a great thing. I'm going to do it joyfully. Why not move the decimal and give? It's fun. It's joyful. It's not my money. It's his anyhow. Right? Prosperous. And then your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. How many of you would like to have a flourishing spouse? 
fear God. I can't, I mean, it says wife, but I think it goes both ways. Come on. Help me out, ladies. Am I right? Both? Yeah. It's the fear of God. I'm going to serve my spouse with the fear of God and honor them in such a way that they flourish. So maybe if they're not flourishing, maybe rather than point fingers, we should look at ourselves and say, am I fearing God? No, it's not 100% proof, but how many of y'all know it's, it's, it's a high enough proof y'all need to do it? Come on. Am I right? I need to look at me. I need to look at my life and say, am I providing an environment where there's flourishing going on? And then your kids. Our kids are growing up to honor God and fear Him. And, and, and that's what that, that, that whole olive tree is, is sitting around the table. And it, it goes on. Blessed are those who fear God. Blessed are those who, blessings who fear Him. May the Lord continually bless you from His, His holy mountain. God wants to bless you from His mountain. He wants to bless you. Do you realize how highly God thinks of you? God thinks highly of you. God has your best in mind. So in order to become mature in God and submit immediately, completely, and joyfully, you have to be more mature than the average teenager. Don't take that personal. Anybody that's a teenager here, okay? Don't, don't, take, don't take that personal. But how many, listen, we had five teens in our house at one time. Not only did Natalie and I live to talk about it, they all lived to talk about it too, which is amazing. Come on. And how many times do we say, or we hear, do we hear, I don't understand. Why do I have to do this now? Why do I have to do this? How do I do this? But you try to explain, I got your best in mind. Am I right? Am I right? God's in heaven doing the same with us. He has our best in mind. And we're like, well, I just don't understand. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to go to small group. I, I can be a Christian on my own. I don't need that. God's up in heaven and says, I have your best in mind. I know you don't understand it, but just go with me. Is that helping you today? Joyfully. And then, and the last thing I'm going to say here is Jerusalem will prosper. Jerusalem's going to prosper. I believe, how many of y'all would like to see Murraysville, Export, Delmont, Plum, Pentrafford, Monroeville be blessed? Yeah. It's, it, the, I'm going to say it again. The problem's not Hollywood. It's not celebrities. It's not secular music. It's us submitting to the fear of God. Because I believe in the context, in context, this is my, my conclusion, their Jerusalem was right where they lived. You want a blessing on your Jerusalem? Let's fear God. Let's stand to our feet. Has anything been helpful to you today? Did you hear anything that was helpful? Listen, I am such so honored to be with you and so excited to be with you here. And um, I'm just going to read to you one more verse. One, just one verse. Um, it's in Luke 6, and we're probably going to get into this in the next couple of weeks. But, but there's a point here, and Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? He's talking to, he's talking to, to followers. He's not talking to the world. He's talking about followers. Now, first of all, I know that this can feel like a really heavy, heavy, heavy message, okay? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to push you down. I hope that you feel lifted up today. That's my heart. But I realize, ah, I'm not, oh, I'm having trouble with something, right? How many of y'all having trouble with obedience or something? Me. I'm at the front of the line. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. If you have any area of your life that you would like to walk in obedience and fear in a greater way, you're going to raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you right from here. I'm going to, I'm going to pray a blessing. So if you have any area in your life, you're saying, oh, I, I'd like to obey clear to God. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that's up right now. Lord God, that you would help us, oh God, all of us that really want to fear you and obey you in a way that pleases you and honors you. God, we just command all condemnation to be gone in Jesus' name. All condemnation to go, and I pray for the freedom of God to be in his house right now. The freedom, the freedom that fear does, intimacy with God. So no condemnation, only conviction, and I thank you that as we, with our hands up, hurry from here today to obey you, and, and, and tomorrow morning, the next morning, mark our lives with, with joyful, complete obedience, Lord. Help us, God. Help us with your grace and your mercy and power. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thanks for being so great. If you could be seated, Pastor Eric's gonna wrap us up.